This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, beginning in verse 1. The whole company of them rose up and brought him before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting the nation, forbidding paying taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Now it seems the Liars Club had apparently gathered prior to the rest of Christ, and having spun their tails, did their best to damage our Lord's credibility. And now they send Jesus to the Roman boss, Pilate, over in Jerusalem. Now, the writers of the Gospels give us this mouse-in-the-corner view of what was a private but profound meeting between our Lord and Pilate. Pilate, he was the Roman governor of Judea at the time of Christ. Now, it's clear that his participation in this whole scene was as divinely orchestrated as that of Jesus. Verse 3, Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, So you say. Now, one must wonder just how Pilate asked that question. I mean, on what word was the emphasis? I don't know for sure, but as Pilate looked on, he saw no revolutionary fire in the eyes and the voice of Jesus. He saw rather a demeanor of humility and that of meekness. He saw no friends and no followers and no army. He saw only the clothing of a poor carpenter, the trappings of a peasant. Now, perhaps it was, are you the king of the Jews? (laughs) Yes, yes, I know it's hard to believe, but millions will follow after you, Pilate, with that same incredulous doubt. But... Whether you believe it or not, whether they believe it or not, and whether I fit the profile of the earthly king or not, I am the real thing. I'm it. I am the king. Verse 4, Pilate said to the chief priests and the multitudes, I find no basis for a charge against this man. Now, for Jesus to call himself a king was actually a small thing because it was simply true. But for the Roman powers, well, this statement was treason. And that is exactly what the chief priests wanted to occur. Yet for Pilate, this man, quote-unquote, was no threat at all. In fact, the Gospel of Mark records that Pilate marveled, quote-unquote. He apparently had never seen anything like this Jesus And then in a fulfillment of prophecy, Jesus lived out Isaiah 53, verse 7. Quote, He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. End quote. Now John tells us even more in his gospel. He records that Pilate was afraid. It seems that Pilate was now squeezed between that proverbial rock and a hard place. In John 18, we read more of this dialogue where it says, quote, 
Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this reason I have been born, and for this reason I have come into the world, that I should testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? Now we can read that even Pilate's wife had warned Pilate, not to have anything to do with this Jesus, for she had suffered much, quote-unquote, in her dream life because of Christ. It's an interesting caveat that church history has carried the legend that Pilate eventually became a Christian. Now, we don't know if that is a factual account or not, but Pilate indeed had his day. It was, like for all of us, his, well, moment of decision. Throughout the ages, men have cried foul when it came to the person of Jesus. Mankind has denied his deity and rejected his authority. But if it was all a big ruse, then why at this juncture would he not have moved to free himself? I mean, what gain would there have been for Jesus to have held the course if the jig was up? What a little, with a little effort, Jesus might have walked away that day. A little defense on his part, a little backpedaling, if you will, and he perhaps could have put all this behind him and lived to tell the story. Verse 5. But they insisted, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, even to this place. But when Pilate heard Galilee mentioned, he asked if the man was a Galilean. When he found out that he was in Herod's jurisdiction, well, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem during those days. Now, it was clear that Pilate was not doing too well at this point in his career. He was in charge of this area of Israel and was responsible to not only rule over the Jewish population, but also to keep them peaceful. And all in all, things were not going too good. The natives were restless. And in the midst of repeated uprisings, Pilate's street cred was leaking back to the home front in Rome. So here he was, staring at a rather precarious occupational future, one that he was trying desperately not to screw up. This out that he had presented, that had presented itself, was perhaps just what Pilate needed. So, man, he took it. Pilate passed Jesus now onto the man above him, believing that he had dodged the bullet. And it's interesting that it seems Pilate lost his personal opportunity here because of one thing fear. I wonder how many of us lose our chance because we fear those around us. Verse 8. Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had wanted to see him for a long time, because he had heard many things about him. He hoped to see some miracle done by him. He questioned him with many words, but he, Jesus, gave no answer. Now this infamous Herod enters stage right, so to speak, and you know, funny how life works out in such inexplicable ways, because like a grand opera, the faces come back again and again. Because it seems Herod here was curious. Now, all of his family throughout history were curious about this movement, quote-unquote. 
It was his father who ordered the death of all the young boys at the birth of Christ. He himself ordered the death of John the Baptist. His nephew ordered the death of James and imprisoned Peter. And his grandson would one day interrogate Paul the Apostle. This was the proverbial crazy family, to say the least. So yes, curious. All of them. Curious all the way through history. Yet, as far as we know, every one of them was lost. They all failed, curiosity or not, to gain the answers or the satisfaction. And this Herod, well, he got nothing this time either. None of them ever found the truth, despite being present almost continually in the ministry of Christ. It's clear that curiosity is worthless without some movement on behalf of what is actually discovered. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.